if you got up and go, has already left. You found it. Uh, tonight, a message, Supernatural Resistance, Luke 4, verse 1 through 4. The definition of resistance, at least the part I'm going to share with you, is the refusal to accept. That's resistance. The refusal to accept or comply with something. It goes on, the attempt to prevent something by action or argument. And that is exactly what Jesus did in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 14. When the enemy came to tempt him, he refused to accept or comply with what the enemy was telling him And he stood strong. Most exciting moments, I believe, that we have in the church are right now. Yesterday's gone. You can't relive it. Tomorrow's not here yet. What about the here and now? What about this service? What about the wonderful blessing that we have, a holiday weekend, a memorial day? We also celebrate the courage of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who would have ever thought in the culture and the day that he was born that he was born in a lowly stable. You'd think, well, that, that doesn't mean much. He wasn't a, a king's kid as it relate to earthly things. But his birth did, in spite of being born in a stable, created quite a controversy. It was a controversy among the unbelieving. It was a controversy for Herod, for the religious teachers, for families of Mary and Joseph. It was quite a stir about that. It also created in the supernatural shockwaves through the hallways of darkness in Satan's kingdom. And as a result of that birth and serving notice on the enemy, the true king of kings has been born. The powers of darkness, the spiritual forces of darkness incited Herod to endeavor to manifest a desire born of Satan himself to kill baby Jesus, to find him. But the spirit and the intent did not go go away just in one advance, and though it was a failed advance, the whole life of Jesus was Satan's desire to interrupt and to disturb, to tempt, and to do everything that he could. The enemy just kept knocking. And have you noticed that a lot of times that's the way life is? If you're trying to live right, trying to do right, the enemy just keeps knocking. He just keeps endeavoring to disturb and stir unrest in our lives and in our ministry. Jesus started his ministry, we know, active ministry at 30 years of age. To that date, no miracles had been performed. When he was baptized, it was the time that God ordained. The Bible declares that a voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Okay, you got 30 years under your belt by now. And to hear the heavenly father who is the father say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He must have lived a pretty decent, good, perfect life. Well, the apostle John said, I have something to add to that. He said, if you just think it's hearsay, the apostle John speaks up and he said, I bear witness of the event. I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode on him. I saw it with my own eyes. Lest any of you doubt what really happened that day. Our text finds now the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the beginning of his ministry after the baptism, head to head, head to head with a second power 
that was known in the universe, the power of darkness. It was a moment in which God permitted to happen. For how is it that we could trust someone who had never been tested? How is it that we could be charged to go through temptation, valleys of the shadow of death, if he had not experienced the strongest of temptations? So be reconciled with the fact that whatever comes your way, whatever happens to you, whatever difficulty you face, he has already been there. He has already gone through it. He's as contemporary as the breath that you breathe today. It must be that he is tested. And guess who stepped to the plate and said, if that's what you desire, I'd like to sign up and be the first person to endeavor to rock his world. And so Satan joined him out in the midst of the wilderness. Here's point number one. Jesus would not live by his emotions his emotions. Luke 4 verse 3 and 4 says, the devil said to him, if, if, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, shut your mouth. It is written, man does not live on what? Bread alone. He's talking about earthly bread. Satan took the opportunity to develop three well-designed plans and thought, I'm going to rock the world of this person who says he is the Son of God. He knew since he fouled up at his birth and he couldn't kill him through the acts of Herod, now is a wonderful one-on-one opportunity. Satan never learned his lesson to be able to cause Jesus to fail. And what did he do? He picked on one little three-letter word called ego. Ego, the human side of Jesus. Satan stated, if you are the Son of God, what do you mean if I am the Son of God? I am the Son of God. No, if you are the Son of God, prove it. Prove it. If I am the Son of God, yeah, you're the Son of God. It's really, really simple. Just command these stones to turn to bread. Matter of fact, it's perfect for you to do that because you've been out here wandering in the wilderness here. You've been out here for some 40 days. You've been out here a while. He was hungry. Jesus' nature, his human nature, he was hungry. It would have been perfect. He had been fasting, nothing to eat. He'd been fighting temptation, fighting for when it's just you and there's no life around and it's hot and dusty and difficult loneliness sets in. Depression sets in. You can have a world of people around you and still feel lonely. He was oppressed. Frustration was there. There was physical pain. In other words, here it is. The human feelings, and what I refer to for this message, the emotion of Jesus was being tested. Turn the stones to bread. You need it. You deserve it. And you are God. Go ahead and do it. Jesus retorted to Satan, man shall not live by bread alone. In other words, here's what he's saying. We are not controlled or led by our emotions. That's the definition of resistance, the refusal to accept or comply with the order and lie of Satan. It's that moment of emotion. So here it is. I'll unload this point right now. We are led by emotions. 
Our emotions sometimes get upset when all we see is valleys of the shadow of death. Our emotions sometimes have the potential to get the best of us when we get sick and we get a touch and get better and then we get sick again and our emotions go awry. Our emotions just do the work on us when we've done our best in our giving and it seemed like a financial reverse. Our emotions say, I know I raised that kid right, but look at them today. They're not following the Lord. Our emotions can get involved in every situation of our life. And if you are not careful, if you are not careful, you will solve your problem temporarily by giving way to your emotions. But here's what Jesus said. If you live by your emotion... You will make a mistake, and you will get depressed, and you will become oppressed, and you will become discouraged. But you remember this. Man shall not live by what earthly resources can give. For in you is a power called the supernatural presence of God. In your weakness, he is strong. Lean upon the word of God. Why? Hebrews 4, 12 says, For the word of God is living and it's active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates in the dividing the soul and the spirit, the joints and the mar. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. In the message version, it says, God means what he says and what he says goes. So Satan, you get back away from me. I may be crying more than I usual cry, and I may not be healed yet, and I, I may be climbing an uphill battle, but here's what I know. God has not forsaken me. He hasn't left me. His word said he is for me, and if his word is for me, I'm claiming all the promises that I've held because this season will pass in the name of Jesus Christ. That's my stand. I resist you by the authority of mighty God. Come on and help me out, y'all. Number two, Jesus wouldn't submit to Satan. He wouldn't submit to Satan, Luke 4, 6 through 8. And he said to him, I will give you, I, personal pronoun, count how many times you say I in a day. I, 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 I. I don't know that God is super interested in our eyes. But he said, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me. And I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Do you know how many attempts little different gods try to attack you? Do you know how many little gods there are out there that demand your attention, that demand your time, that demand a part of your energy? Just little gods that are subtle gods. They don't come in the form of some strong, dynamic Goliath giant. They often come in little foxes and little gods that try to deter you. Sometimes it's just somebody that's out of their league that try to give you advice and tells you as Job's comforters did, why don't you just give up, quit, and die? You lost the battle on this one. Just little gods. But he said, if you worship, and what does that mean? Satan's next temptation 
The Bible plans says that you and I will face temptation and every temptation, don't we know it, is designed for that special moment in a person's life. Do you think Bathsheba was an individual that was not attractive? Do you think David stood there and said, good Lord, of all the ugly women in the world, she's one of them. Bring her up to see me. It says she was pleasing to his eye, and that's what little gods do. Let's talk about that. You see, when we fall into temptation, here's what the reality is. We are actually bowing down to Satan. Satan said, all this power I will give you and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whosoever I will, I will give it. What is he doing? He's lying. And that's what Satan has, is nothing but a bunch of lies. He said, all power and glory. But we know that when little gods say to us, I have the influence, I have the power, I have the deal maker, I'm the one holding the leverage, I'm the one that holds the purse, I'm the one that's got the money. No, you don't. You are not the person that rules. My heavenly Father is the one that controls the universe. He gives me breath that I breathe. You see, temptation will always look like truth. It'll always sound like truth. It'll always smell like truth. It'll always be packaged like truth. It'll feel like truth, but it is a lie disguised at truth. And you and I know the difference because the discerning presence of the Holy Spirit says that's a lie. To God be the glory for great things he has done. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. It's a lie. When I hear the naysayers today of today's news that, oh, the world is this and world is that and we're going to implode and we're going to do this and if we ever face a 9-11 again, let me just tell you something. Life is life is life. In whom do you trust? We read out of Deuteronomy this morning. He said, you get to choose today. You want a blessing. You want God's favor. Then you pay attention to my word. You pay attention and meditate on my name, and I will bless you and give you the desires of your heart. You can believe the curse is there, and you can go with that route, but no, 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 not a spirit-filled, Holy Spirit-anointed individual who says, God, that is a lie. Here's what I do believe. I'm going to worship you, and you are the only one worthy of my time, my talent, my my thought life and my abilities. I don't want to be a ploy in the hand of the enemy. Consider it pure joy. This is what the brother of Jesus wrote. Whenever you face trials and many kinds, and blesses the man who perseveres, because when he stood the test, he's going to receive a crown of life that God has promised to those that love him. Number three, Jesus wouldn't tempt God by lowering the standard. He wouldn't tempt God. Well, God, you know, I passed two of Satan's tests. But this third one is a real challenge. If you could just kind of take over here. God, I'd, I'd like to just compromise and Maybe bow a little bit, because if I can just get by this, then I'll have it made. I promise you, from now on, I'll give it everything I have. Why should you take anything of true value that's earned and compromise it for anything or anyone? How precious is your salvation? And how precious is your record of obedience? How about that? Jesus has survived. He didn't give in to his feelings. He stood on the word. 
He didn't bow down to temptation. And Satan tries this last time. He takes Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple. He encourages him to jump. He stated that since he was the Son of God, the angels would keep him from being hurt. That's being presumptuous. It's being reckless. If you just do this deal with these unsaved business partners, I mean, business is business. If you just hook up with them, you'll make a lot of money. And look how many tithe you could give to the church if you're making money. If you just hook up with those ungodly business people, jump. Just jump. The ends do not justify the means. Jump. Just jump. Jesus answered Satan, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Uh-uh. You're the one saying jump. He hasn't said jump. You see, what did that mean? It meant that, here it is, try this on for size, see how it fits. Get you a size 44 long, put it on. Ladies, get that size 6 dress, it looks beautiful on you. I know what some of you are thinking, 6, Pastor, how dare you, I'm a 4. <laughs> I just happen to know the average size of women's dresses. It's not a 4. It may mean that we take God's grace for granted. Jump. It, it may mean that we, who would ever think, that we take God for granted. It, it may mean that we abuse his mercy. Well, I got by with that once. I made it. I tried again. It may mean that we live as if tomorrow will never come. I'm going to pack it all in now and live life to the gusto. It may mean that we ride the line right between right and wrong. Maybe that we have that pie that I talked about this morning and we take a big old slice out of it. And that slice represents all the things that people do not know about us. And we take that piece out. Because, I mean, after all, God, you slice a pie into eight slices. Is that, is that good size pie, sister? Put it in eight slices, a big pie pan. You got seven-eighths of the pie left. Who wouldn't want that? God doesn't want seven-eighths of the pie. Don't take me for granted. He says, live without balance or accountability. That may be it. We take him for granted. Notice the description of our present society. This is what we're up against. 2 Peter 2, verse 10. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature, 
and despise authority. Bold and arrogant, these men are not afraid to slander celestial beings. That's the culture that we live in. Deuteronomy 17, 12. Deuteronomy 17, 12. The man who shows contempt for, for the judge or for the priest who stands ministering there to the Lord your God must be put to death. You must purge the evil from the land. I talked to a friend of mine this morning, did a funeral yesterday of a very reputable person in his community. He said the place was packed, funeral chapel was packed with professional people, lawyers, attorneys, doctors. And one of the man attorney friends got up and laughed and just was kind of laughing and having a little fun. He said everybody knows he was an SOB. Everybody. But we all loved him. My preacher friend said, I noticed people looking at me wondering how I was going to respond. You know, I'd yet to preach. He said his wife got up there. He said, I came to realize that I'm standing in the midst of an ungodly congregation who has no respect for God's touch, no respect for God's person, no respect for God's life, no respect for God's sacrifice. And God placed me in the middle to be able to preach revelation truth, of which I said to him, I hope you did not compromise the word of God one iota so that you could fit in to their plan. Amen? See, that's just the lie of the enemy in the world in which we live. You see, the Jesus that we serve today may have came as a baby. He lived and he died. But let me suggest to you, because it's a fact, he reigns as a conqueror right now. Everything we need, he's at the right hand of the heavenly father. Every need that we have, he is enough. Every temptation we face, we have the ability to say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Satan, you get behind me. You are under my feet. I have authority over you. And all you are is a pack of lies, a pack of wind. You have no power. You have no anointing. You have nothing that will supersede what lives in me. And his name is Jesus, the sweet name of Jesus will cause you to turn and flee away. I know who I am. I'm not bowing to emotion. I'm not bowing to ego. I'm not bowing to what you say. I am living life to the fullest for I will be a conqueror supernaturally just like my Savior. Somebody say amen. Would you stand? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you because we've heard truth. We've heard it quickly. But it is the Word of God. It is the power of God unto salvation. It is the divine anointing. God, you'll take us through the valley of the shadow. You'll take us through when we feel alone. You will take us through when we feel the piercing darts of the enemy. You'll take us through when we thought what would never happen to us or our family happens. And the power of embarrassment comes and all that goes along with it, God, we're not going to compromise, nor are we going to bow down. We're going to stand strong. We're going to declare as the Apostle Paul, for I know what's in me. His name is Jesus. I know what authority, for I give you authority over all the principalities, all of darkness, everything that's there. It's all found in my name, and I give it to you. For greater is he that is in you 
So when the powers of temptation and darkness come and draws us out into a battlefield where our heart is wrenching and where our prayers do not feel like they are being answered and when I feel like I'm hanging from a noose, I know the one who is able. I thank you, God, for people like Janet Russell and her family. God, today a full day of being in church and while the enemy's attacking with every power and every might that he has. We bind and rebuke him in the name of Jesus Christ. Let anointing and healing continue to flow through her body in the name of Jesus. I pray for our missionaries, the corneas, God, who have stood the test of time and gone through great difficulty with little money sometimes and a, a whole lot of ambition, a whole lot of opportunity there, but they've not run and hid away from it. They've trusted you and stood on your word, God. I pray you'll bless them. I pray for the family like a Bob Singleton. Bob was faithful to this church and led and dedicated himself to men and other areas and other arenas and would fly in from being overseas and come straight to the church. God, because he had a responsibility here, I pray you'll bless his family. I pray for others in this room right now that are going through more torment and more hell than they should ever have to face. But God, their shoulders are broad their legs might be shaking a little bit and their hands may hang down, but tonight, Holy Spirit of God, steady them. Lift up their hands and strengthen them in the name of Jesus. I pray for some who are brokenhearted because the dreams they have believed God has not come to pass and it looks like they're farther away right now in the name of the Lord. How quick does it take for you to bring to pass just one dream, God? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, I pray that you'll minister. I pray for our nation. God, we've gone through a period of time when it, it seemed to appear that the church was irrelevant. It seems to appear if you were a Christian, you were the minority. It seemed to appear that we had no respect for the flag. That was the minority, but all the media wanted to show it might be the majority. We knew differently. We knew that over there somewhere there were 7,000 that had never bowed their knee to the powers of darkness. Let us do not squander this opportunity on this Memorial Day as Christians, but to stand up and declare, God bless America. But God, you gifted us with America. I pray you touch every person in this room that's not well in their body. Minister to them. Keep their families and bring healing. I pray for that child that will be at the family barbecue tomorrow, whatever it is they're doing. I pray we'll have the boldness to reach out and say, hey, be sure you live for Jesus. Don't get lost in the menagerie of a culture that's going to rise. And God, you, you rule everything. Bless now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Say it with me. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing this song. The powers and the grips of darkness are only temporary. The lies of the enemy, the lies of the enemy are persuasive. But the Word of God can cut that persuasiveness away, for it is truth. Stand on what you know, 
Stand on what you practice. Stand on what you believe. And watch your God bring to pass your divine miracle. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We're going to sing this song. If you need to slip in this altar for prayer, we're going to give you this opportunity. Right after that, we're going to give you the benediction. Here we go. Let's sing.